We've got some activity. Names are moving around in the transfer portal and for early signing day. These are the names you need to look for. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Also, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below. And, of course, upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, these are some names you need to watch this week. This is the last weekend before early signing day. The transfer portal is starting to kick off. There's probably about 30 days left in the transfer portal window, so it's going to heat up over the next little bit. Now, the first thing I want to say is, like, Adari Halsey is a safety from New Mexico. We've heard him in multiple places. According to On3, he's visiting at the moment. And um, according to Mike Huseman earlier this week, he talked about him as a possibility. He also talked about Aaron Carter. He also talked about um, John Saunders. So those are names that you probably should look to pop off because Mike generally knows what he's talking about in the transfer portal. Now, if you look at the message boards and on the sites and all the people that are tasked with covering the transfer portal, God bless you, honestly, because that would be just unbelievably tiring work. Apparently, Chris Marshall and Adari Halsey are also on campus along with Trey Harris. That's according to On3. They reported that. So those are the names right now that you need to look in the transfer portal that you should go with. Adari Halsey, a larger body tank-built safety. He's somebody that runs around at 215, 220 pounds, I think he's a bigger guy. I do not know much about New Mexico Lobo football, but he is from Fort Bend, Texas and Missouri City, Texas and went to high school with Chris Marshall. That's the reason they're together. It's almost like a rare transfer portal type package deal. Um, And Chris Marshall is on campus and doing whatever they said. And apparently the visit went very well from what I've heard. And I've gotten a couple of DMs about it over the last day or so. And apparently it's going fairly well. But when it comes to the intricacies and all that, everybody is going to be tight-lipped. So we're going to rely on Twitter. We're going to rely on innuendo. And we're going to rely on, yes, sources. So we'll see what's going on with Chris Marshall and Adari Halsey from um, Missouri City, Texas. Um... Chris Marshall was the number 25 player in the country last year, number three wide receiver. He's a good, talented player. He's worth taking a risk on, even though he had some issues at Texas A&M. He was part of that Texas A&M class that is so well-known at this point. But he has a chance to move on and, and do some things as well. Now, John Saunders, six-foot-four cornerback out of Miami, Ohio. They, I think they have a bowl game. <clears throat> Against UAB Friday. I do not know if John Saunders is playing on it, if he's opted out. I mean, he entered the transfer portal, but he might play in that game. And we'll see if things open up after that. 
Um, I believe that's the Bahamas Bowl, maybe, against UAB. The fighting Trent Dilfers. We'll see what goes on, John Saunders. Remember, Ole Miss is not trying to replace DeAndre Prince, which would be a hard thing to do in the transfer portal. They're trying to replace Miles Battle, which is a depth piece, a good piece. I'm not saying he's not good, but he's not a starter. So you have your starters back. You're just trying to build them up behind them. So we'll see exactly how that goes. And apparently Trey Harris is on campus as well, according to On3. And all-conference USA wide receiver, we talked about him yesterday. We've talked about him earlier in the week. This has been probably the first push of Ole Miss players in the transfer portal is Trey Harris. I think there's a chance you could see over the course of this weekend any number of things happen. Either none of them commit or two or three of them pop. So we'll see exactly how this goes because it could happen at any moment. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is apparently Marcel Reed is going to go through with his visit to Texas A&M. He had an in-home visit with Jimbo Fisher early in the week. He posted that on Twitter. Now, I am standing by what I said earlier. I do not think um, there's going to be much drama, but there's going to be a little bit of drama. And when you're dealing with Texas A&M, the amount of money that they are throwing around over there makes you a little bit nervous. So we'll see exactly how this goes. I, I expect Marcel Reed to be the backup quarterback for Ole Miss next year. I expect Marcel Reed to get here in what in May or whatever and do that. Ole Miss honestly might need to find a grad transfer since Marcel is not due to get here until May to fill that role for a year potentially. Um, but you're looking at a second level type quarterback type position. So somebody that can just hold a clipboard, come in and see we'll see what happens. But Marcel Reed should be here in May because he's going to play high school basketball, even though he's going to sign Wednesday. So Early signing day, we are going to do our live streams. Hopefully, we have Marcel Reed, Sunterine Perkins, Bryson Sanders, all of those guys. Um, Ole Miss currently has six or seven four-star blue-chip players that are committed, and even more if you count four-stars on other sites. Um, like I said, I remember a time in Ole Miss football where getting seven four-star players in a 25-man class would be cause for celebration. Now, you're getting seven four-stars in a 12-man class. This is uncharted territory. That, with a transfer portal, they have a chance to really continue to upgrade the roster. And the strength that Lane Kiffin has had at Ole Miss, and we can talk about all the off-the-field stuff we want to, the strength for him has been roster building. He improved the talent of the roster from... 2019, which had 18 four-star players out of high school, or 19 four-star players, to like 30 or 31 last year. And basically, when players go into the portal, I mean, you have guys like Demon Clowney, you have Miles Battle, those guys are going to go out. They're trying to upgrade them. So them going out, they're trying to upgrade the ones that are leaving, recruit really well because, I mean, that's the lifeblood of your program. But They've done a really good job at roster building, and I'm looking forward to the next 30 days with early signing day and the transfer portal window and things like that going to to the late signing day. Um, so now until February should be a nice little sprint for Ole Miss football and Lane Kiffin. It should be a lot of fun. Anyway, 
So I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to World Cup, which, by the way, Sunday is the final for the World Cup. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. If you can see down below, Ole Miss currently a three-point favorite over the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the Texas Bowl. Over-under is currently set at 69.5 points. The game will be at 8 o'clock Central on ESPN December 28th. That's my anniversary, by the way. So if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's BetOnline where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Ole Miss, their men's basketball team struggled um, Wednesday night. And I want to take a second and like, what is going wrong with men's basketball? Because the pieces are there. I love Miles Burns. I've talked about that over and over again. I even like the way he played in that game. But like we have talked about, this team has the ability to go into a shot desert. And what I mean by that is exactly what started the first nine minutes of that game to where UCF got up 21 to nothing. After that, Ole Miss played even to better than evil. It was a repeat of the Memphis game. But these shot deserts and the, uh, the lack to get shots made are a problem for Ole Miss basketball at the moment. They have Matt Morrell, good shooter, but he almost doesn't seem like an alpha. Deshaun Ruffin is kind of supposed to be the alpha, but he started off and had a little bit of a shocker, so Kermit had to quickly reposition and figure out what he was going to do. And he started going with like Amari Abram and Malik Ewan and um, Josh Mbala, those guys on the floor at the same time because you needed to match up with the physicality because just like the Memphis game, physicality was completely able to take Ole Miss out of what they were doing. And like we've told you many times, when they're not making shots, they're not as good defensively. So it becomes like a death spiral. And the next thing you know, you look up, it's 21 nothing. And honestly, looked like those old games in the, like, I'm, I'm going to talk to Tim Thomas in a minute. It, it was like you go into Rupp Arena and all of a sudden it's 31 to 7. And you're like, what just happened? But it, it looked like that. It looked like um, Ed Murphy days at Ole Miss basketball. And I'm not 100% sure what is wrong because Ole Miss has good players. And you can take this for whatever you want to take it, because I'm not going to go super negative and I'm going to try and find positives all through the season. But right now, this is a problem for Ole Miss basketball. And moving forward with Tennessee less than two weeks away. Alabama, a little over two weeks away. Then you got Mississippi State. It's going to be a little bit easier than the first two. Not easy, though. They're a good basketball team. Auburn, a good basketball team. Arkansas, good basketball team. Kentucky, good basketball team. You see what I'm getting at here. So are we going down the same path that we always go down? 
That that is my question of this moving forward. And I don't really know the answer to that. We are better than we were last year. That's almost completely obvious. But how is this going to look? It's like I joked on Monday or whenever it was, Miss Cleo, whenever I brought that reference out there. Everybody wants to watch a game, take a data point, and take it to the end of the season. So people are going to talk about the UCF game and just completely take the data point all the way until April, and it's going to be doom and gloom, and in their mind they're going to be, I don't know, 7 and 27 or something like that. But that you can't do that. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. But is there going to be enough ups to get Ole Miss where they want to be? Because Ole Miss has played three teams in the top 60 in the um, Ken Palm and the net. And Ole Miss has lost all of them. And they've lost all of them um, by double digits, I believe. That Oklahoma game might have been just below double digits. If it is, forgive me. But right now, what you can say about Ole Miss basketball is they've really beat up bad basketball teams. If you are a good basketball team, you kind of beat up Ole Miss. And that is the situation we're dealing with with Ole Miss basketball right now. It's kind of like that 8-8 eight eight NFL team that you're perpetually getting bad draft picks and you can't really get into the playoffs. That's the cycle that Ole Miss basketball is in right now. I don't know what the answer is to get out of it. Some people are going to um, go over and over about firing the coach, and I to completely get that. But I'm not willing to get there yet. I, I still want to see an SEC season. Ole Miss could still win 10 or 11 games in the SEC, and everybody's like, how did this team lose to Central Florida? I mean, that's still on the table. But until they don't do it, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun on something like that. But I understand people that might already be there. Because, like I said, three years ago, people were on the fire Kermit train, and they're going to carry that to the death. I understand that. But that's not the way that I follow sports, and I just want to see what goes on with it. Deshaun Ruffin, like I said, kind of had a shocker. This is the second game where he just got physical, got manhandled a little bit. And because of that, kind of took him out of his game. He's going to have to get back into that Deshaun Ruffin of February of 2022 shape. People might forget he's still like nine months away, from, nine months separated from an ACL injury. So we're going to talk to Tim Thomas, and he's going to give us his thoughts on Valpo, UCF, and looking ahead to Temple. But before we got to um, Tim Thomas, I did want to talk to this because I didn't want you know Tim to be all doom and gloom and what's going on. I figured I would jump on that grenade for him. But we'll talk to him in just a second. Anyway, I do want to let you know that this show is brought to you by the NHTSA and their Drive Sober Tsunami. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and that evening comes to an end, and people start to head out. You start to think about calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You'll make it home. No big deal. What are the odds of you getting pulled over anyway? And even so, what is the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. 
Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, they still don't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. In the age of Uber, there's really no excuse not to do it. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm here with Tim Thomas. Um, and honestly, we're going to talk a little bit about that UCF debacle on Wednesday night. We're going to look ahead to Temple. And Tim, this team has a problem with slow starts. It's absolutely crazy. But being down 21 to nothing, I don't know if I've ever seen that in basketball. Yeah, very embarrassing, very disappointing. I'm not sure if it's coaching issues that just can't get them going. I think they'll work on that, you know, the next day or so before they play Temple or – they don't have captains. They don't have leadership like, you know, Elko in baseball. And it just seems like it's not there. They get out there the first few minutes and they're not ready. They're not, you know, they did good against Valpo because they had some really good practices. And I thought Kermit would make more changes, but it was very uh, disappointing. Uh, 21 to nothing. I've never seen such a thing. Yeah. It, I'm sitting here. I said earlier in the earlier segment, it reminded me like of, the mid eighties going up to Rupp arena and you look up and it's 30 to 16 or 30 to 15. And you're like, how did this happen? how did this get out of control so instantly? And to have that happen on your home floor, I mean, that is a really, really bad look. Yeah. As we talked about home field advantage, football, basketball, baseball, any sports that has fans. It's usually a 10 point difference when you're at home to get started. You know, like they went up to Memphis and you say, okay, you know, new environment, freshman guys, and they had old guys, and we saw how good you talk about it. We see how good Memphis is. And evidently, UCF may be pretty good, too. I mean, I have to admit it. They really played well. They're in the same conference, uh, same conference with Memphis and Temple coming up Saturday. So but they're pretty decent. They had a couple guys that really played well, uh, very impressive. The Kelly guy kept hitting, knocking down them threes. He got a lot of offensive rebounds to throw it out and get another three, another three when we were right down to four points and then just, just couldn't quite pull it off. I was encouraged that he put a lot of new guys in. I was encouraged with Ewing and came in and blocked five shots, which was really neat, and several rebounds, had 10 points, and then the Mabala. We'd all been waiting on him, and he came in and made a big difference, 18 points, I think seven rebounds. And he really is a physical specimen inside. So hopefully he's got his uh, physical attributes back going. He had a knee issue over the summer. So hopefully he's better. So hopefully, and with a, a practice or two from Kermit, um, I hopefully I think he's going to try some new people. The way I, I saw his press conference, post-game press conference, I believe he's going to try some different people, kind of shake things up and see what happens. Yeah, because honestly, we had some, for lack of a better term, no-shows for the game. Some pe- players that are normally really key players that, for whatever reason, just couldn't perform. It's hard to explain. Everyone, 
you know, players have to get themselves up for the game. They have to check the scouting report, watch the films that they show, and go through the uh, scenarios during practice to see what the other team runs. Everybody does that. It's just a one-on-one, man-to-man. We all have to take care of our own self. It, you all have to, you have to get yourself up. But I was discouraged badly. Uh, you talk about Miles Burns. He did okay. I think he had three points. He didn't play, you know, like he normally did to make it a difference on the defensive. Robert Allen, zero. Normally, he seemed like he's a possible captain, but he, he didn't show up. Ruffin, two points. Last uh, minute of the game, I believe he got two points. He had six assists, which was great. But uh, a couple other guys, just the break field, no show. Uh, I hate to keep harping on him, but it, it's just, you know, inconsistencies of some of these players. And Kermit, they asked him in the, in the interview, He's just trying players. He, why, why did you go with you or why did you go with this guy, that guy? He's just throwing people out there and hopefully hopefully one will stick. You know, you call it someone really step up. And he had a couple do that. And Bala and uh, Ewing did that mm-hmm. along with uh, Morrell. He did his normal thing, which he got it. We asked for 20, he got 21. So I was very uh, good, to, glad to see that from him. But some of these other guys that we mentioned, it didn't happen. They just didn't show yeah, I, I, I don't understand how you could start off a game and go nine minutes without a point. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that in college basketball, and it's just – I don't know if it's a reliance on the three-point shot. I don't know if they're just not going hard in the basket because maybe UCF is doing that Virginia thing where everybody sinks into the paint and just guards the rim with everything they have. I. Maybe they just weren't making sh- – but it was just bizarre. Yeah, there's a couple weaknesses, as you see real quick. I hate to, you know, harp on Ruffin, but he's short, right? He's short. Uh, he's 5'9", he's for Sunday. And if you saw it during the press, he had really has trouble with these tall, rangy guys getting the ball over him. He's going to have to use the bounce pass. A couple times on the press, they tipped the ball and they got the ball put in. Some of those things just kind of add up. It's something uh, – as a, as a defensive guy, it's something we'll have to watch. He's going to really have to hustle and try to keep his guy from getting the ball. If this guy gets the ball, it's over. They can shoot a three, they can take to the hole. He's just so small. But he, he can make a difference on offensive end. He didn't last night, but I, hopefully he will. I remember the day when you know I was guarding Sam Bowie or Kevin McHale. If I could keep him from getting it, hey, we're good. Great, great, great. Someone else shoot. But if they got it... <laughs> It's over, man. It's over. They can, you know, they were big, tall, uh, and and they could shoot. And that's the same thing with Ruffin. He he's a short, and he he'll have to overcome that. And this team, the other team, will use that uh, against us every time they play us. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you look at MRA, they they've got a commitment from um, Josh Hubbard, who is a little bit bigger, but not much bigger than Deshaun Ruffin. So he's another spark plug type player, super athlete. Um, you know, before we move on to start talking Temple, you mentioned about Kevin McHale. What was it like guarding Kevin McHale? I mean, what was going through your mind when you were actually doing that? The only chance, as I said, it was to keep him from getting it. He was around 6'11", had long arms. I know they used to say he could tie his shoes standing straight up. I don't know if that's true or not. I never asked him, but he had a big uh, chest. If you not notice, he had a big chest. And he, 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 the way he kind of walked around, the kind of gangly. But man, if he got the ball, he was it was tough. He could take it to the hole. He could shoot the 10, 15 footer. 
just an excellent, excellent athlete. But that was my only chance and uh, was to keep from getting. I knew how to face guard him and knew how to get around and, and keep from getting and try to poke it away or try to make a steal. But he was a dynamic player. Uh, Sam Bowie, he was seven two. I guarded probably 10 or 15 players. It was seven foot or more. It seemed like we had more seven footers back then. I'm not sure about the water or what it was, but uh, Sam Bowie, same thing. Keep it from getting it, great. But if he gets it, you know, there's no way to stop him. You know, if he's inside close, just no way to stop him. But uh, this team here also, I want to mention three-point shooting, as you did. Um, not good. I'm not sure Morrell can really shoot it. I believe um, Abram may have hit one. I think Mbala stepped out and hit one. But everybody else, it's just not happening. And uh, the offensive side, as we talked about several weeks ago, uh, is an issue. Our offensive, you know, Kermit went out and got these four portal guys, defensive juggernauts, you know, defense, defense, defense. But as we have seen, Mbala came through a little bit last night, but several of the other ones just not – Miles Burns, boy, he's a hustler. I love him to death, too. But a shooter, he was like one for nine, uh, one for five. Uh, I mean, 0 for five on the three-point. It's not going to get it in the SEC. You know, we got uh, Temple coming up, as you mentioned, then UNA, and then University of Tennessee Volunteers. So wake-up call. It's at home, which you'd like to think we would be ready. And then we got Alabama, who really good right now. So we – it, it, things will have to change drastically, defensive-wise and offensive-wise, offensive for us to have a chance, really. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting thing. And it, teams that are super physical teams, like Memphis, UCF was super physical. And I mean, they did a, it seems like our guys just kind of almost backed down. Because I don't know if there's an alpha on this team. They got a bunch of role players and a bunch of guys that can do a di- bunch of different things, but there's not an alpha on this team. Just give me the ball, um, and I will go make it happen. And Ruffin's supposed to be that guy. I mean, that's the one we assumed would be that guy. But to this point, it is not materialized. Yeah, your point guard, kind of like a quarterback, Dark, you know, you, you think that they're the one. He started him last night, and I think that was the intention to really – put this team together with these five guys he feels are the best, but they pressed and we kind of got behind eight ball. We couldn't get it going. couldn't ever get it going. The offensive wasn't able to work. So Ruffin, for whatever reason, he didn't show either. You know, he's a sophomore, probably 19 years old, but that's what Kermit expects him to do. The Josh Hubbard guy that's coming next year. He's a small guy, but they're really quick and get to the hole quick. But we got behind so quick. We got behind uh, because of the press and other issues that we just couldn't score. And we never could get our offensive going, offense going. And, and you know, seven minutes in, 21 to nothing, which was totally ridiculous, actually. You know, back in the days when I was coaching eight and under, 10 and under, that was something like that. This is, you know, really, as you said, it's ridiculous that this could happen at a major college. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's turn the page to the Temple Owls. Now, um, the second NCAA tournament game was against John Chaney and the Temple Owls with, when Rob Evans was coaching Ole Miss. Keith Carter and all them went. There was a little bit of a rivalry between Temple and Ole Miss at that point because the next year I think they came to Oxford and Ole Miss whipped them pretty good. But after John Chaney, Temple has kind of taken a step back. Tell me about this, this group of Owls. 
Yeah, the coach is Aaron McKee. He played back in the day for Temple. Really good player, played pro for several years. I looked at the record, six and five, you know, not really impressive. But they beat Villanova, which you know in the past years they've been really good. I'm not sure if they're really good at all. I was listening to Derek Horn. He was uh, formerly from Ole Miss. He's up uh, at Temple now. I think he's associate AD the other day. They interviewed, someone interviewed him. And he was saying they're really starting to play well now. So that's not good for us. But they really right. they had early early games. They struggle, but now they're really starting to put it together. So they'll be they'll be down here to at the Pavilion, really wanting to show out and realize that UCF just put us down real hard. So they'll be they'll be ready for us. But I got faith in Kermit. He's he's been he's been through this before. Uh, he he's he's wondering exactly what to do, but he's going to try some different folks. Try to shake things up. He plays, you know, like 13 guys a game, but he has not found – I don't know if it's a portal situation. You know, people have asked the portal. He just, they just don't jive. They just don't get together. It seems like it's not meshing. Uh, that may be some of the issues. But we talked about no captains. It's really stepping up and getting their attentions and maybe yelling at them and waking them up because they were asleep <laughs> the first seven minutes. They, they looked like they were asleep and, and uh, they got so far behind – we couldn't catch back up, but Temple, I got a good feeling we're going to play well against them. We got them at home. I think we're going to come out with a different mindset, and I got I got to believe Kermit's had a couple of practices, or he will have a couple of practices, and he's going to have a new group out there, hopefully with a little more toughness, because Temple's going to bring it. They they saw Memphis, what Memphis did. They're going to bring it, so we're going to have to be ready. Yeah, and, and much like every team sport, whenever you prove you are susceptible to something, everybody is going to do it moving forward. So Ole Miss can expect physical games until they figure out how to handle those physical teams. Yeah, our guards, uh, as young as they are, that's where it's going to have to come from. Abram, uh, Ruffin, of course, and, and Morrell, we're going to have to learn to beat this press and take it to our advantage, beat the press and go down and score. They'll quit the press. If you score, 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 you know, it's over. Same thing when Kermit runs a 1-3-1 one, one trap. If the other team gets it to the corner and you keep hitting threes, keep hitting threes, he's going to stop that trap. And that's the depth of the, the problem with a 1-3-1 one, one trap. If you get it to the corners, if you got a couple three-point shooter guys, they that that's that's the trouble. you got to get them. you got to tip the ball there to half court like Burns was doing. They, they did it a little bit last night. So it, it's, it's definitely going to work. Every team – works on it. Every time anybody plays Ole Miss, they work on the one three one trap. But some people have don't have as much luck. So I think he'll keep trying that. He'll keep working on that. And I, I was I'm hoping he'll give Ewing a chance inside. He's least a big guy that can block shots and he's also offensive minded and he can really score inside. So him and, and Bala really impressed with him. He's a big old stout looking fellow. You know, I think he's coming over getting over his injury. I think he's got his win back. He, he looked like he was – he played several minutes, and I was surprised. So, I think you got a new lineup going to get started, new energy hopefully. Hopefully a couple of those guys can give him the juice and uh, get off to a good start Saturday against the Temple. Yeah, the five right now that I'm looking at and what I would do, I would uh, – Ewan and Mbala, um, I would have Miles Burns out there. And I think Miles Burns needs to develop to be the alpha. He needs to be the one yelling. He needs to be the one – He's the hustle guy. His effort is never going to be questioned. He needs to be the guy that's doing that. And then you have Morrell at the two, and then you alternate um, Abram and Ruffin at the one. That's my opinion at the moment. Yeah, that's 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 good. That's a good lineup. I like that. And 
hopefully McKinnis will come in and help some. He he's just not very offensive minded. He he'll dunk whenever once in a while, or get a loose ball and dunk it, and he's good at that. And he blocks the shots pretty well. Akuba uh, is a, is a good guy too, but he he's not really offensive minded. He, he's not really good at that. So hopefully Malik Ewing, even though he's a freshman, uh, you would you would hope that he will come through and and do his part each and every game. I could tell he got a little winded last night and they had to take him out a few times, but a lot of potential, great potential. And like you said, Ruffin has got to step up. He's got to show up every game. And the Robert Allen, the guy, the guy that comes in, the sixth guy, he's got to get the guys going. And uh, Miles Burns, they got to get this train running if we're going to do anything or uh, it's not looking good. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tim, thank you so much for stopping by today. Hopefully against Temple they get it turned around, but if not, we'll talk to you again next week about everything that's going on with Ole Miss basketball, man. All right. Thank you, Stephen. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.